What up, son? It's the tail of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Hi, Tale of the Tapes, Season 2, Episode 53. On today's episode, we will be covering legendary Yonkers hip-hop trio, The Locks. So, I was definitely excited to cover The Locks for more than one reason. First and foremost, honestly, flat out, I'm a big Locks fan, straight up. I'll just tell you that right now, um... I've been a big Locks fan since the day they came out, probably since before they came out, when they were just featured on some, uh, you know, Biggie and Puffy shit like that. I always liked the Locks. I, I anticipated their first album. I had their first album. Um, both of their first two albums are in my personal top 25 favorite hip-hop albums of all time. I've had multiple solo albums from multiple members, and... I don't really remember not liking anything from any of them. Now, that's not to say that I had every, you know, solo project from every member, but I definitely had more than one solo project. And like I said, I don't ever remember buying a Locks album or any of the members' albums or anything like that and not liking anything. So... Now, I do want to be clear about this. I definitely had more Jada stuff than any of the other members. Me, personally, I always thought Jada was by far the best in the group. I never really even... Like, people always have these debates, right? Like, to me, this one wasn't really a debate. The, the debate, to me, in this group was about something else. And I'll definitely get into that going forward. But I do also want to point out that although I had Jada finishing way ahead of the other two... I thought Sheik and Styles were very close to the same and predicted Sheik to be one of my sleeper picks in this study mainly because he was always one of my personal favorites in the group. Now, Jadakiss is one of my man Dirty T's favorite rappers of all time and he always swears to me that Jada is top 10 all time. So, quick interesting side note, Dirty T actually just shot me a text and I naturally had to tell him I'm recording Jada's podcast because Jada's obviously one of his favorites. And he just replied with a text basically saying, okay, I'm going to leave you alone. And then sent another one and said, top 10, dead or alive, Jada. <laughs> you know? So exactly what we were just talking about. Um, and we'll get to it. We're going to find out if Jada's top 10, right? Now, I'm going to say something here that's probably going to get me a lot of shit, but fuck it. This is the section of the podcast, the very small section of the podcast, where I actually do talk about my opinions and things like that and, and my nostalgia and what I like and stuff like that and not just the information and the facts and the background and all that. So I'm going to just keep it real with my opinion. I typically responded to him that not only was Jada not in the top 10 of all time, but that he was overrated in general and wouldn't do as good in this study as most people predicted. Again... I want to be clear here. I'm a huge Locks fan in general, but I always thought that Jada was a bit overrated. I, I never really had Jada that high. He's one of my personal favorites, but skill-wise, I never had him that high. Is he in my, you know, my top 25 favorites or, or even skill-wise? Yeah, he is. I'm not trying to shit on Jada, but... You know, a lot of people, Jada's the greatest of all time. Jada himself says he's top five, dead or alive. 
and you know my boy is always preaching top 10 to me and and i hear a lot of other people say shit like this and again i i just want to say it again i'm a huge locks fan i'm a huge locks fan and jadakiss again i always had him head and shoulders above the other two guys so i don't want anybody to take what i'm saying out of context here but I did think that in general, Jada was a bit overrated, and I also thought Sheik was a bit underrated. So I want you guys to keep those two factors in mind going forward, and again, you can see for yourself how my opinions are going to bear no factors in the scoring of these people. So last week, I told you guys that this week we were moving into a new calendar year here on this episode as... The Locks had their debut album out as a group in 1998, and I'm warning you guys now. So far, I have deemed 1998 as the second best freshman class so far, next to 1996. So prepare yourself for some impressive finishes over the next couple of weeks or so. Um, all of the group stuff, as well as each member's solo material, will count as all three members of the group made the cut and were scored individually as there was certainly room for separation in more than one area so we'll start off with some background info on the group and then we'll move into each member individually in the order that they came out so the locks are also known as the bomb squad d block and the warlocks origins listed as yonkers new york united states genres are listed as hip-hop their years active are listed as 1994 to present and their members are listed as jadakiss styles p and chic luch so, I do want to point something out here real quick that I think is pretty noteworthy if you really think about it. How often do we see groups or even duos where their years active are off and on, which could be due to a number of things like the members themselves, legal issues, money issues, pursuing solo careers, creative differences, etc. You can go on and on. How often do we see members in groups changing whether they're leaving the group, died, just joining the group, whatever, whatever, right? Very rare that you see a group stay together throughout the course of their career with no breaks, no members changing in and out or anything at all. Here we see the locks came together in 1994. It is now 2022. So 28 years together and not a single time has this group ever split, taken a break, or ever changed any of its members once? So to me, that definitely needs to be noted for sure. So shout outs to the locks for pulling that off and holding it together consistently through nearly three decades of hip hop. That is extremely impressive off the bat, regardless of their success level, their talent level, their skill level, or anything like that. I feel that that definitely needs to be noted and pointed out. So let's read up on some background info on The Locks as a group. The Locks is an American hip-hop group from Yonkers, New York, formed in 1994. The group is composed of East Coast rappers Sheik Luch, Styles P, and Jadakus. They had originally signed to Sean Combs' Bad Boy in 1995 before joining Rough Riders in 1999 and have since launched their own label, D-Block. So, nothing there that your typical hip-hop fans wouldn't know. I obviously don't know who's listening or how informed you are specifically, but pretty general, typical stuff there for the lock. So, 
Let's move on to each of its members individually and see what we can find out about them. So we're going to start with Jadakiss as he was the first of the three to have a solo album out which came out in 2001. His birth name is Jason Terrence Phillips, born May 27, 1975 in Yonkers, New York, United States. His genres are listed as hip-hop and his years active are listed as 1994 to present. So nothing out of the ordinary there, so let's check out some background info on Jadakiss individually and see if we can find any further information here. Jason Terrence Phillips, born May 27, 1975, better known by his stage name Jadakiss, is an American rapper from Yonkers, New York. He began his career in the 1990s as a member of the rap trio The Locks, managed by Rough Riders and signed with Bad Boy. After leaving the label in 1999, they signed a joint venture deal between Interscope and Rough Riders. He is currently signed to Def Jam and D-Block. Jadakiss's debut solo album, Kiss the Game Goodbye, was released in 2001. He has released three more solo studio albums, another album with The Locks, and an album with fellow rapper Fabulous. In 2007, Jadakiss signed with Jay-Z's Rockefeller and Def Jam, which, with Rough Riders, co-released his 2009 album, The Last Kiss. Altogether, he has released five studio albums, most recently Ignatius in 2020. So, not too, too much there on Jada either, except for mostly pretty typical stuff and, you know, some album info. So, let's move on to my write-up of Jada Kiss and see how that reads. I have always been, and still am, a huge Locks fan. I've had every single album they've ever put out, and a good portion of each artist's solo work. Jada has not only always been the standout of the group in mine and many others' opinions, but is often mentioned as one of the greatest of all time in my personal experience with asking. Early on, I was shocked to see how little separation there was between the three after their first album. As time went on, Kiss became great with multisyllabic rhymes and very good with using different rhyme schemes. Although most lines were generally random, he definitely had a good amount of dope lines. He was also good at both keeping a topic and telling good stories. On top of all this, he was super consistent from song to song, especially on his solo projects, and was definitely a good lyricist overall. Kiss registered five solo albums, four albums and two EPs with The Locks, and one collaborative album with Fabulous for a total of 12 qualified albums. Four of those 12 were classics, and the other eight were great albums. This puts Jada in a very small list of people whose worst album registered so far was a great album. Of his 146 qualified songs, 31 were great, another 85 were good, and possibly just as impressive, not a single one was weak. Over 20% of his songs were great, and over another 50 were good, again speaking to his consistency. While commercially, the locks were never able to surpass their debut album, they made up for it in other ways by staying consistent with their product and their message. I'm not sure that Jada's name alone is bigger than The Locks, but he's certainly the frontman of the group as well as the best and most popular. On top of that, he also managed to have influences on artists such as Big L, Joe Budden, and a few others. When it came to originality, there was a bit of give and take for Kiss. While he may have looked the part of your typical New York rapper, his voice and delivery were very original along with his signature laugh and some unique song concepts. So, that definitely sounds like a solid breakdown on Jadakiss there for sure, so let's check out the math here and see where he finishes. 
lyrics, he gets a seven, and flat out, man, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I'm not gonna cut any corners. Jade is a good lyricist, man, straight up. Like I said, I personally, and I guess you know, part of the reason for my surprise in this particular area is not only did I have these albums, but like I said, the first two Locks albums are both in my top twenty-five all time. That's pretty crazy, bro. For for a group to have two of your top 25 favorite hip-hop albums of all time when you've listened to over 5,000 hip-hop albums, let's say, is is pretty insane and impressive. So, again, I was surprised personally by... Now, this is not to say that Jada wasn't the best one on the first album. I believe that he was, to my recollection. But again, there wasn't a giant gap between anybody. I didn't find myself saying, all right, this dude is definitely the weakest. And I didn't find myself saying, see, I knew Jada was head and shoulders above these guys. I was kind of, you know, okay, whatever, song, two songs, three songs. Then I got halfway through the album, three quarters through the album, and I'm like, damn, man, like, this is, this is not what I expected right now. But like I said, as time went on, Jada got, you know, he really became pretty incredible multi-syllabic rhymes. I don't want to throw that word incredible around too loosely because he is not the best multi-syllabic rhymer out there, but he is definitely great at it. He was great at multi-syllabic rhymes, and he was very consistent with multi-syllabic rhymes as well. Very good with different rhyme schemes, good at keeping a topic, good at telling stories, had a lot of dope lines. So a lot of good there for Jada that, and he probably has said this line himself, if I remember correctly, but Jada aged, you know, he aged well like a fine wine, honestly. He just, you know, kept getting better with time and learned new tricks and implemented new things that were getting him points in different areas. And again, I, I want to point out that a lot of times we see with people where, okay, they, they have something good about them, right? And then they, they try to do what Jada did. And they try to expand and they try to become better. You know, maybe they had dope lines and now they're trying to rhyme more syllables or they're trying to use different rhyme schemes and they're trying to implement, you know, different things. It becomes a trade-off. They start becoming good at multi-syllabic rhymes, but they start saying stupid shit just so a lot of syllables rhyme. Or, or vice versa. They were saying really nothing but rhyming a lot of syllables or using a lot of rhyme schemes. And then, you know, somebody tells them, but you got no substance. So they try to start saying, you know, dope punchlines or deep things or whatever. And there goes the multisyllabic rhymes. And it's always one thing for the other. Or they're able to do one and not the other or whatever the case is. So it's not often that we get people like this that not only get better with time, but don't lose any of the things that they were good at to begin with. So Jada was able to consistently get better, to rhyme more syllables, to use more rhyme schemes, but his dope punchlines never went away. His ability to keep a topic never went away. His ability to tell good stories never went away. So Jada was able to incorporate a lot of different aspects of being a good lyricist in here. So I definitely want to give Jada his credit when it comes to lyrically. Again, when you say one of the greatest lyricists of all time, I guess I then, at this point in the study, I guess I then have to pose to you the question of, when you say that, where are we cutting off? Are you talking top 10? you talking top 25? Because we're dealing with like 450 people here. So to me, anybody that finishes inside, you know, the top 10, top 25, something around there, depending on maybe what category you're talking about, 
I understand that they're not the second best ever or the sixth best ever or whatever, right? But to me, they're still one of the greatest of all time. I mean, you're talking about a top 10 guy or a top 20, you know, whatever guy, whether it's lyrically or overall, whatever, out of, and I'm going to say 450 people because that's who I'm covering in this study, but it's clearly way more than 450 people. I mean, I got 450 people. I don't have 450 right now. I probably have about 425, but as time goes on, new people are going to make the cut. But I got 450 people that are in here. I got probably 250 people that were left out due to lack of info, not writing their own rhymes, not being from North America, whatever the hell the case is. You got an infinite number of people that are unknown, that are probably really dope at rapping, that quite frankly, I just don't live in their neighborhood and I don't know them and I never will know them. And it's unfortunate, but that's the way that things are. And then you have a whole nother list of people that didn't make the cut, which is up to over 700 names right now. Now, granted, it's probably more about 500 because a lot of those numbers are taken up by the name of the group where the individuals are listed. But again, take all these things into consideration. You're obviously talking about thousands and thousands of people. So when you have that many people and you tell me, all right, like Jade is the 22nd best lyricist of all time or wherever he finishes overall at the end of the day, 17, whatever, I still consider him one of the greatest lyricists of all time. So I don't know where people want to cut their list off when it comes to that. So I don't want to make a statement and somebody hold me to it. In my opinion, so far, Jada probably is one of the best lyricists of all time. But again, keep that in context. He's getting a seven. Eminem got a nine and a half. You know, AZ, Black Thought, eight and a half, things like that. So there are people that are on another level than Jadakiss for sure. But a really, really solid score here lyrically for Jadakiss for sure. Albums, he gets a 6.52 with four classics. So a lot impressive here, okay? So 12 albums for Jadakiss, four of the 12 are classics. So 33% of the guy's work that he puts out are classics, and that's including group and collaboration projects. So again, extremely impressive. The other eight are great, which is, again, extremely impressive. So that's a fucking great album score. And then he's got four classic albums on top of it, which is obviously going to give him four points onto his final score, on top of the fact of it being 33% of his total work. So everything about this album score and these four classics and all that is super impressive here for Jadakiss, and I don't want to take nothing away from him in this department at all. Songs, he gets a plus 2.1. Now, again, I'm going to say the same thing I say all the time. Most of the time, you see zeros here or very minuscule numbers. Somebody's plus 0.06 or somebody's minus 0.11 or something like that. And it's like, you might you might not even lose a 0.1 on your total score from that. So again, every little thing counts, but we're talking about very minuscule numbers usually. And I point out if you're getting plus or minus a whole point or more, in this department, it, it starts to become very significant. It's not often that people do that. You have to be pretty damn bad to be minus over a full point. And I'm not trying to be a dick to say that. I'm just I'm calling it what it is. This is a mathematical equation that I have here. This is not my opinions or, or anything involved here. I've literally formulated a mathematical equation, and you're either going to do good at it or you're not. So, again, it's not often that people get plus or minus a whole point 
but it definitely does happen. Jada plus a full 2.1 here. And I want to stress the point one a little bit also, and here's the reason why. Again, I just gave you an example before, people getting like minus 0 0.07, stuff like that. Okay, so we're doing two decimal places here. So not only is he plus a full two points, but another one in the next decimal place. So you have some people that aren't even hitting the point mark. They're not even hitting the point one. They're getting a plus 0 0.08 or something like that. He's getting a plus 2.1. Again, it's not the greatest song score of all time or, or anything like that, but a really solid addition to his score here on top of the four points that he just added for the four classics. So great stuff here from Jada, no doubt about it. Impact, he gets a six and a half. And I mean, listen, bro, again, this is, does Jada have, you know, 10 multi-platinum albums is Jada the most commercially successful rapper of all time? Does he have 10 Grammy Awards? Did he win, you know, 50 awards? Did he break all these statistical records in music? No, he didn't do all these things. But again, I'm just going to be honest here, bro. Jadakiss's name holds a lot of weight in the hip-hop industry. And this is a part of the reason. This isn't the reason I spoke on it, but it has to do with it. Think about when I said to you before, when we when we talked about some background info on the locks, and I said to you how before we get into any scoring or anything on any of these guys, or the group for that matter, I wanted to point out how the group has stayed together throughout a 28-year career so far, never changed or lost any of its members due to anything, never broke, never split, never took a break, um... I never even heard it like discussed or, or hinted at or anything. And I, I thought that that was noteworthy to point out. These This is the type of guys that these dudes are. And you can tell if you followed these guys throughout their career and you've listened to the things that they've said and looked at the things that they've done, it's never been any bullshit from any of these guys. They say the same things all the time. They stand by their words. They don't sell out for whatever. Now, again, let me catch myself here. Their first album, a lot of people would probably consider, quote unquote, to be a sellout, signing with Puffy and, you know, rapping about other things. But again, that's something that was done probably out of desperation or a career move. OK, let's remember where most of these people that are in this industry are coming from. Very poor neighborhoods, very terrible circumstances, right? So when somebody waves a lot of fucking money and, and a lot of fame in your face and says, hey, listen, you know, we're going to kind of talk about this stuff. We're not going to talk about killing people or doing this or doing that or, or whatever. And you feel that you can find a way to still keep your quality of your product high to where you're good, but maybe you're more mainstream appealing. I mean, you can't really fault somebody for doing that as a human being. Now, in this study, yeah, you can to a certain degree, but here's why I didn't. Because the locks was willing to give all of that back. Not only did they say that they were willing to give all of it back, but they actually did. So they had to get into a fight to get their rights released from Bad Boy and stuff like that and, you know, go on their merry way. You know, they, they were already on their merry way, but Puffy was still eating most of their money. So it was a big problem. The thing with them was they got to a point where they didn't even give a fuck. They were just like, yo, get us off the label. 
We don't need the money. We don't need the fame. We don't need the commercial mainstream success. We don't want none of it. We just want to be us. We're done with this shit. Okay, so they had a taste. It's probably similar to a scenario where you have somebody that really wants to help their community, right? And they grow up and they become a police officer. At some point in your career, whether it's day one or day 500, you come to the realization that you can't really change the system as an individual, right? You have a quota that you have to fill. You have to do certain things. You may not agree with the law, but you have to enforce it and certain things like this that come with the job. And you're going to be forced with a decision to make. Do you want to sell your morals for a paycheck and say, I don't believe in this. This isn't right. This isn't what I signed up for, but I'm going to do it anyway because it, it pays me. Or do you say the money is not that important to me? What I believe in is, and I'm going to walk away from this because I can't do what I thought I could do. They made the right choice. Okay. And they walked away from all the money and the fame and they went elsewhere and they took a hit for it. They never ever were able to do the same amount of sales as that first album. I can't speak on what type of money they brought in because if they signed a better deal, they may have still made more money in the long run later off of less album sales than they did with more album sales with Bad Boy. So I can't speak on their actual monetary gains or losses, but as far as album sales are concerned, they obviously took a hit. But again, that's why I want to point out, this is how real this group has just always kept it. It's, yeah, we got the money and the fame, but fuck all that. Take it back and just let us go. We don't want it. We want to make the real music that we want to make. We want to make the street shit. And this has continued over 28 years. They have always stayed true to their sound. They have always stayed true to their message. They have always stayed true to who they say that they are. And they seem to garner a lot of respect in the hip-hop community. Whether it be from their peers, whether it be... You know, from other people that work in the industry or other artists or whatever the case is. And I think that that goes a long way. When you've been this good, this consistently for this long and put out this same product over and over again at the same level and your name holds a certain amount of weight in this industry, your name alone is going to carry you to a decent impact score. Again, there's a lot of room there. Where Jada could have done more sales wise and accomplishments wise and things like that. But again, he traded that in for a more realistic approach and a more hands on, this is me and this is what I want to create type of thing. So I think that both sides of that fence have to obviously be addressed and acknowledged. And then originality, Jada Kiss gets a six and a half. And, you know, I just spoke about that at the end of my breakdown. There was things about Jada that were definitely typical New York. Like if you think about Jada's image, baggy t-shirt, bald head, fitted hat, whatever, right? New York fitted hat, Tim's, typical New York shit, right? When you think about Jada's content, kind of typical New York for the most part, stuff like that. But again, his voice was certainly not typical in any way. His delivery was not typical. And he had that laugh where you could know nothing. I could just hit play on something and some drum pattern you've never heard before comes on. And then you hear that laugh and you immediately know this is either a Jada Kiss song or Jada is on this song. It became his signature sound. It became something he did on almost every song. 
and it was unique to only him. There's nobody, not only is there not anybody else that does it, but most people can't do it. A lot of people try to imitate it just to be funny, and they can't, nobody can ever really sound like him. Again, there's people out there that can do it, but for the most part, nobody can even make that laugh the way that he does it. And on top of that, he definitely did have some unique song concepts. Not totally out of left field, like some song concepts that I've seen by some other artists that we've covered, but he had enough original, unique song concepts to keep him, you know, coupled with his voice and delivery and the laugh and stuff like that, to keep him well above average here in originality, and he got a six and a half in that category as well. So... You add all those six numbers up because you got to add the lyrics, the albums, the classics, the songs, the impact, and the originality. So we're not adding five things up here today. We're adding six. You add those six numbers up and you divide by five because of your five categories. And that gives you a final rating of 6.52, which puts Jadakiss in a three-way tie for 12th place of 189 artists done overall. So, a couple of things here. First and foremost, I have to break some sad news to Dirty T as it unfortunately does not look like Jadakiss is going to wind up inside that top 10. Now, scores are obviously always subject to change, so it's certainly not over yet. Jada could go on to release another five albums um, you know, he could go on some KRS-One type shit, right? Where he's just rapping till he's 50-something years old. He just continues to get better and better, continues to etch his legacy, carve out his name in his lane, you know, gets uh, he comes out with some original stuff, gets his originality score raised, his impact score raised, his lyric score raised, his song score raised, his album score raised, has another two classic albums, whatever. So again... I'm not trying to say that he can't do it or that this is over or that he won't do it. But right now, Jade is not in the top 12 and it's not looking very promising because we're only, we're not even really halfway through yet. I'm almost halfway through, but we're not even really halfway through yet. So sitting at 12, it doesn't look promising. He does, however, have a tremendous finish here. And should certainly be within that top 25 or top 30, which is obviously solid for sure. We also have a scenario here that you guys know I always love, which is checking out who Jada is in a three-way tie with, which is Tupac and Biggie. Now, I've brought this up on another episode saying, wait till you guys see who Pac and Big are tied with. And I think this is nuts for so many reasons, man. First of all, I still can't get over the fact that Pac and Big finished in a dead tie with each other when Pac or Big is possibly one of the most infamous questions in all of hip-hop. Then, for the cherry on top, we have Jada here, who was a brand new label mate with Big very early on, right around when he was killed. And Jada always refers to Biggie saying that he's the best ever and things like that, and then we have him end up in a dead tie with the guy who he says is the greatest rapper of all time. So, I just think it's crazy stuff here. All three of these guys, pretty different scores in almost every category. And yet, the total adds up exactly the same down to the hundredth decimal place. But, regardless of that though, like I said, a great finish here from Jadakiss. I definitely want to give a shout out to my man Dirty T. 
not only for being a big Jada fan and my music partner, but for giving me a holler today right in the middle of me doing this Jada episode. Jada is a, a tremendous artist, no question about it. Unfortunately, in my mathematical formula, he doesn't end up top 10 here yet, or so far, whatever way you want to put it. We'll see what happens going forward. My apologies to you, Dirty T, but right now I'm winning the argument. <laughs> so let's move on to the other members of the locks and see where they finished. We're going to move on to Styles P now as he was the next of the three to have a solo album out, which came out in 2002. His birth name is David R. Styles, also known as Styles, Styles Panero, Holiday Styles, The Ghost, and SP. Born November 28, 1974 in New York City, United States. His origins are listed as Yonkers, New York, United States. His genres are listed as hip-hop and his years active are listed as 1994 to present. So, pretty generic stuff there for Styles P, so let's get into some background information on Styles here individually and see what we find there. David R. Styles, born November 28, 1974, better known by his stage name Styles P, formerly known mononymously as Styles, is an American rapper, best known as a member of the hip-hop group The Locks, alongside childhood friends Sheik Luch and Jadakiss. Along with the other members of the Locks, he is a founder of D-Block Records and was also part of the Rough Riders Entertainment Collective. In addition, he has released multiple albums and mixtapes as a solo MC. In 2002, he released his debut solo album, A Gangster and a Gentleman, which contained the hit single, Good Times. The song peaked at number 22 on the US Billboard Hot 100 chart and received massive nationwide airplay in 2002. So... Not too much there for Styles P individually either, but we do see that he reached number 22 on the US Billboard Hot 100 chart with a single, so although not the most commercially successful group post Bad Boy, they still did have some commercial success and a solid hardcore following. Now, on top of that, I also want to point out that when we talk about general popularity or, you know, the forefront man of the group, I don't think anybody, including Styles or Sheik, would argue that the general consensus is that it's Jada. Now, the group may say, we don't have a general consensus, we're just a trio. But I still think that Sheik and Styles would acknowledge that, outside of their group, the general consensus is that Jada is the head honcho guy. Now, that may be true, but when it comes to actual commercial success... Styles P has something that needs to be pointed out here where he had a song peak at number 22 on the US Billboard Hot 100 and I didn't hear anything like that about Jadakiss. Now, I'm not trying to say, oh, Styles P is better or, you know, Jada's getting outdone by his own group. None of that has anything to do with any final scores here or whatever. So I'm not going down that lane. I just want to point out that when you talk about general consensuses and then we talk about record sales and... and mainstream popularity it appears at first glance that styles has actually had a more successful single than jada ever had but with that out of the way let's read my synopsis on styles p and see what i had to say even though i was always a big locks fan i must admit i was pleasantly surprised by styles p in more ways than one lyrically he was a bit inconsistent from bar to bar and verse to verse he was good with multi-syllabic rhymes and also very good with using unique and challenging rhyme schemes but sometimes lost his way and took shortcuts or fell into a habit of rhyming three bars and then moving on to something else. 
He also did reach at times with some iffy lines. However, he did show some improvement from the second Locks album on and also had some cool wordplay on top of everything else. In total, the good outweighed the bad and he finished above average lyrically overall. Another thing that surprised me about the Ghost, aside from his lyrical ability, was the amount of material he put out. 14 solo albums, 4 albums and another 2 EPs with the Locks, 1 collaboration album with DJ Green Lantern, 1 with Talib Kweli, and another with Dave East, tallying a total of 23 albums altogether. He also had a massive 258 songs in total. 16 of those songs were great, another 102 were good, and even more impressively, not a single one was weak. Styles P was never able to grab the reins and be the standout man in the group or sell a massive amount of records. He also didn't have any clear influences on any other artists aside from the locks, but he still was a major part of a major hip-hop group. While a lot of things about Styles P were typical, like his New York street image, there were also a lot of very unique things about Panera from his voice, rhyme style, and delivery to some of his song topics and messages. So again, that sounds like a pretty solid write-up there, so let's get into the math and see how it added up for Styles P. So lyrics, he gets a 6. Now, again, whether these guys were in the same group or not, I don't do this to try to pin people against each other, but again, at the end of the day, everybody's pinned against each other, right? It's every man for themselves here. Everybody's getting scored. Everybody's getting put in a certain spot, whether they like it or not. So I'm not necessarily trying to have a versus here with Jadakiss and Styles P, but I do like to just compare things, especially when guys are in groups, again, to see why and how certain people finished ahead of this guy or behind this guy or whatever the case is and also because I feel that each guy should be given his credit in each department right so like you know let's say Jade is better lyrically but this guy was more original but this guy had a better song score whatever the case is right so we're we're not only seeing how and why one ended up in front of the other but we're also seeing who was better than who in what department so yes, this guy may have finished below this guy, but he was better than this guy at this. And I think those things are important. So Lyric Styles gets a 6, Jada got the 7, so Jada the better lyricist between the two. And I don't want to make it sound like it's a huge gap, it's only a point. But again, it, it, it takes a significant amount to climb a whole point. It takes a significant amount even to climb a half a point. There's a lot of people for example, that are in this sixth department that Styles is better than, or that are in, you know, the sixth department that are better than Styles, whatever way you want to put it. But at the end of the day, you know, you're cramming 450 people into a nine point radius because I'm not giving zeros or tens probably. So there's obviously going to be a lot of ties, especially when you're dealing with a category where there's not decimal places aside from the 10th. You're not going 5.18 or, you know, 6.93 or anything like that. You're just going 6, 6.5, 7, 7.5, stuff like that. So it is a significant amount between each number because there's even people that have the same number that are separated a little bit. So Jada was significantly better than Styles, but again, Styles was above average for sure and surprised me. I had every Locks album and, you know, a couple of solo works. I'm a huge Locks fan. 
And I never, I, I just, you know, I told you in the beginning, I, I always looked at it for me personally, and this wasn't anything that I analyzed. It was just a, you know, a random opinion off the top of my head from somebody who was a fan. It was Jada and then Styles and Cheek in no particular order. So could I have really given you a real answer with facts to back my, my shit? No, but I didn't see any separation between Styles and Sheik and thought that Jada was just way better than the both of them. So Styles definitely impressed me here. Um, you know, I think a lot of his rhyme schemes went over my head. You know, rhyme schemes and syllables was not something that I particularly put a lot of weight on when I was younger and I was listening to music. You were either saying dope punchlines or deep things or I probably wasn't really into you, to be quite honest. Either that or I just liked your sound and your beats and I just, you know, I just enjoyed the songs and didn't care whether you were good or bad. You know, you're talking about 11, 12, 13, 14 years old here and shit like that. So I was young. And, and not only was I young, but I was new to hip-hop. So... Styles was very, very good at stuff like that. He was good with multi-syllabic rhymes. He was very good with using, not only with using rhyme schemes, but using different rhyme schemes that some other people really haven't used up to this point yet or haven't used often. And challenging rhyme schemes, right? Like you can do an A, B, A, B. And yeah, that's a rhyme scheme and you'll get credit for it. But it could just be, you know, something simple as, I'm sitting at the desk, I'm recording a show, my life is a mess, but won't nobody know. And it's like, those two statements had nothing to do with each other. And yes, there's an ABAB rhyme pattern there, but single syllable rhymes, you know, only four rhymes on the two bars, all of them single syllables and stuff like that. So I'm not trying to shit on that. I'm trying to point out how people take things from basic to complex, okay? Styles had some really complex, challenging rhyme schemes that he was able to utilize well. So I definitely think that he has to be given credit there. Now, again, there were times where I do feel like he went overboard with that. And he was trying so hard for these rhyme schemes and these syllables and stuff like that, that he would either take shortcuts or he would just rhyme three bars. And that pattern was so hard to keep up that it, it was basically... A grammatical impossibility to do it again on the fourth bar so fuck it I'm going to just go on to something else on the fourth bar and it's not going to rhyme with the third one so there were times you know he, there were some iffy lines times where ah, all right you know he all right Styles like he lost a little bit of credit there right maybe not overall on his score he didn't do something where the fourth bar didn't rhyme and I said ah oh, he's not a six and a half he's a six but over time, I mean, like we said, 23 albums, 258 songs and stuff like that. So when you pay attention, you start to notice these patterns over time. And they do have to be taken into consideration the same way that him being good with multisyllabic rhymes and using these unique challenging rhyme schemes and stuff like that, that has to be taken into consideration as well. So all things considered, Styles gets a six here lyrically, which again, that's an above average score. So nothing wrong with that at all. Albums, he gets a 5.18 with one classic. And, you know, that doesn't add up to Jadakiss's score at all. And what's crazy about it is Jada with less albums, but 33% of his work was classic. So 12 albums for Jada, four classics. Here, 23 albums for Styles and only one classic. Now, I'm not trying to shit on Styles. 5.18 is still a solid album score. 
and he still does have a classic album, okay? So you can't even turn around and say to this man, yeah, all right, you got a good album score, but you were never able to garner a classic. You know what I mean? He was. So good stuff here from Styles when it comes to this album score and the classic album and stuff like that. But again, you know, you hear the term in hip-hop a lot. I'm a tough act to follow, right? We're seeing here that Styles seems to be doing well so far, but Jada's a tough act to follow. Songs, he gets a plus .62, and that's exactly what we were just talking about earlier. So again, pretty good stuff here from Styles. You, you don't want to be losing points where you could be gaining points, but not able to gain a full point here. Jada got over a full two points. Styles getting a plus .62. Like I said, that came from 258 songs in total. He never had any weak songs at all, so no type of loss there in the song score, and 16 great songs. So, 16 out of 258 is not a tremendous percentage, but it's still enough to get him just about two-thirds of a point here, which is pretty good. It's nothing major, but again, if you reverse that, where he could be losing two-thirds of a point, now you're talking about a 1.2 swing here, and then that does start to become significant. So... Nothing major here with the song score, but pretty good stuff there for Siles, especially considering a large body of work like that. If you can put out 258 songs and you can keep your song score still very positive like that, again, that's something that needs to be noted. Impact, he gets a five and a half, and this is basically, I'm going to use the same thing really with all three of these guys when I give their impact score, and I'm going to basically just tell you the same thing, but the same thing is going to apply to each person in a different fashion, right? So when it came to Jada, we spoke about, I don't want to use the term lack of commercial success in a sense that he didn't have any, because that's not what I mean. But lack of commercial success was the reason why Jada was a six and a half instead of a nine or something like that, right? Where Jada's name and the weight that his name carries and the lock's name carries in the hip-hop community by respectable people was able to just carry Jada essentially by itself to a six and a half. So it's going to be the same thing here for Styles, and I'll tell you going forward, it's going to be the same thing for Sheik. So whatever their individual name kind of garners them is what they're going to get for impact because when you think about the group, there is absolutely zero separation at all in the group, right? You have every group album, not only has every member involved in it, but has every member on it, and either every member has a solo song, or every member is on enough songs where every group album counts for every member. They've stayed together through 28 years and nothing has ever deviated. So... If they didn't have any solo albums and stuff like that, there would be no separation when it came to commercial success and the group's name and what they accomplished and things like that because they were all on like the same shit for the most part. But they did venture off into their own solo roots and have their own solo projects and their own successes. They never split, but they allowed each other to do their own things while they remained a group. And quite frankly... We spoke about this earlier when we talked about Styles P having that song in the at number 22 in the Billboard Hot 100 and Jada not necessarily having anything like that in his background that we read up on. So we talked about how Jada's name, 
even though Styles may have had the most successful song individually out of the members of the group, Jada's name is the most popular and holds, you know, comes the most highly touted out of all the people in the group. So where Jada's name alone carried him to a six and a half, Styles' name alone carried him to a five and a half at just above average for impact. And originality, he gets the exact same score as Jadakiss, a six and a half. And does Styles have the same voice and delivery as Jada? No. Does he have the same signature laugh? No. But he's still getting the same score for the same reasons. When it comes to content and image and stuff like that, pretty typical New York rapper. But again, when it came to Styles' voice, his rhyme style, delivery, things like that, there were a lot of things different and original and unique about Styles. So those couple of things were able to carry him to a six and a half just the same way that Jada's couple of things were able to carry him to a six and a half. So again, we're going to add up the six numbers because we do have a classic album here. So we're not going to add up five numbers. We're going to add up six and we're going to add that all up and divide by five. And it's going to give you a final rating of 4.96, which puts Styles P in a three-way tie for 44th place of 189 artists done overall. So another pretty solid finish there for Locks member Styles P is that should put him inside of our top 100 when this is all said and done. So very impressive stuff. And I have to admit, man, of everyone in this group, I really slept on Styles. I always knew Jada was dope and I was always personally a big fan of Sheik Luch. But Styles P went under my radar and I definitely did not give SP the proper credit he deserves. I have to admit, I was very pleasantly surprised by him, and since I hadn't given him his proper credit the past 25 years or so, allow me to do it now. Styles P was a super dope artist, man, 100%. Also, for the record, Styles is in a three-way tie with two other artists we've covered on the podcast so far, which are DMC of Run DMC and Ice Cube of NWA, so... Some very solid company there for Styles P for sure. Now let's move on to Sheik Luch and see if my prediction of him being slept on and being a dark horse in this study was accurate. So Sheik Luch had his debut solo album out in 2003. His birth name is Sean Devine Jacobs, also known as Donnie Def Jam and Donnie G. Born September 30th, 1976 in Yonkers, New York, United States. And his years active are listed as 1994 to present. So, let's also check out some background info on Sheik Luch individually and see what that says. Sean Devine Jacobs, born September 30th, 1976, better known as Sheik Luch, is an American rapper best known as a member of The Locks and founder of D-Block Records along with Styles P and Jadakus. So... I actually like this write-up of Sheik Luch as it kind of embodies what I said about him earlier. Almost everyone you ask has Jada at number one and Sheik in last. Now, I personally wasn't so sure that that's how these three would end up. And this write-up epitomizes part of the reason that I think Sheik is so slept on. As we can see, his background boasts the least amount of the three. So, let's get into what I wrote down about Sheik while listening to him. Let me start by saying that personally, I was a little bit disappointed by Sheik, maybe undeservedly so. 
The reason I was a bit let down is because I heard over and over again about how Sheik was the worst member of the locks, and I always stuck up for him and said he was underrated. Lyrically, he was a bit inconsistent, as he had the occasional dope line, but also took shortcuts a lot, had some questionable attempts at punchlines, and just didn't rhyme sometimes. He was okay at being able to hold a topic for a song and seemed to struggle a bit with growing his lyrics to fit his current narrative. He was decent in spots with rhyme schemes and syllables, but a lot of times his rhymes were simplistic and one syllable, leaving him average overall lyrically. Sheik registered six solo albums, four albums plus two EPs with The Locks, and a collaborative album with Ghostface Killer for a total of 13. He also registered 158 songs for scoring. Of those songs, he managed to drop 11 great ones plus another 58 good ones, and not a single one was weak for his entire career on the mic thus far. It does need to be noted, however, that his song score was carried by some of his features a fair amount. As mentioned earlier, Sheik is probably the least popular member of the group and also had no clear impacts on any other artists musically. Sometimes in groups we see a lesser lyrically skilled member finish higher than another because they were able to make up for it in other areas. Not so much the case here as Sheik Luch was for the most part image-wise, sound-wise, and message-wise your typical New York rapper. He also borrowed more from other artists than any other Locks member, particularly Biggie. So, it didn't sound like I hold much of an argument for Sheik not being the worst Locks member after reading that breakdown, but let's check out the math for Sheik and see if I was on point. Lyrics, he gets a 5, and pretty interesting here that we got each member, Jada scores a 7, Styles scores a 6, Sheik scores a 5. So it's kind of one of those things that you have where it's like, you know, if you take a ruler or a tape measure or whatever, and you just every second, one, two, you're moving in little increments, but if you sit there and count up to 900, you're going to get really far. So nobody really getting a dramatically better score than the other, but a significant amount when you think about what it takes to get that whole point. So Styles a whole point under Sheik, which is relatively significant when you think about it, even though it's only a point. And then Sheik, another whole point under Styles, who's a whole point under Jada, which follows the same pattern, just double-timed, because now it's less than the guy that was less. So, again, nothing bad here. You're getting a five. There's guys that have gotten, like, two and a half, threes, shit like this, lyrically. So, I'm not trying to shit on Sheik. There's nothing bad here, and this is kind of why I said... I was disappointed by Sheik and maybe undeservedly so because in reality, Sheik wasn't really disappointing. It's just that I personally expected more from Sheik and I didn't get it. So I personally was disappointed, but Sheik himself wasn't necessarily disappointing. So I just want to be clear on that. When it comes to him getting that five lyrically, it was just so much give and take. It was like, you know, he'd have a dope line, then he'd have like a questionable line, then he would do something good with syllables, then he wouldn't rhyme the next line, then he'd have a dope line, and then he'd take, you know, a lot of shortcuts on the next couple of bars. So it was just a lot of give and take. He never really was able to pull too far in one direction, and he kind of just, you know, anytime he got near five and a half, he did some, nah, he's a five. Anytime he got near four and a half, nah, he's a five. And he would just always do something that would keep him in that five range. So never really strayed too far from that five at all. 
Albums, he gets a 5.10. And Styles got the 5.18. And Jada got the 6.52. So again, when we look at the album score, the album score kind of is exactly... Maybe not exactly because I did say that I thought Sheik was underrated. So maybe in reverse. But if you look at the album score, we got Jada getting a 6.52 with four classics. Then we zapped that all the way down to a 5.18 with one classic. And then the next one is a 5.10 with one classic. So the 5.18 with one classic and the 5.10 with one classic are eerily similar considering the fact that Styles had such a large solo catalog. 23 albums in total. Sheik only had 13. So it's clear that there were a lot of things that Styles was off doing that didn't involve Sheik. So to come out with almost the same album score and the same number of classics is pretty crazy. Very, very close, very, very similar there. The song score is also very close. When we look at Jada, we see a plus 2.1, then we go all the way down to a plus 0.62 for Styles and a plus 0.70 here for Sheik, which it's pretty crazy that Sheik gets a little bit higher of a score than Styles, but both Styles and Sheik are very close to the same number, whereas Jada is way ahead. So I told you that I always had Jada as being the standout, and I kind of thought Sheik and Styles were kind of the same. I didn't really necessarily have one ahead of the other, but Sheik was my sleeper pick that I thought was underrated. So I kind of expected this with the albums and the songs, maybe, you know, in the fashion where Sheik got a little bit higher of a score than Styles, but what I failed to realize was how much better lyrically Styles was than Sheik. And I'm not trying to be a dick here, but, I, you know, a, a whole point, is a pretty significant amount when we talk about how long or what somebody has to do to create that one-point gap. There's definitely a significant difference there when it comes to lyrically. Now, mathematically, it's only a point, so it may not make a huge difference. But when we talk about actual technical lyrical skills, Styles P definitely way better than Sheik when it comes to that, for sure. And that I wasn't particularly aware of. The other scores so far... I seem to have been pretty on point with what I thought was going to happen. So Impact, Sheik gets a 5.5, which again keeps me on point with what I kind of expected to happen. Same score as Styles P there with the 5.5. Pretty much exactly the same reason that Styles P got the 5.5. Like I said, Jada's name able to carry him to a 6.5. Styles' name able to carry him to a 5.5, which is just above average. Sheik's name able to carry him to a 5.5, which is just above average. So... Continuing on in the pattern that I thought. And then when it comes to originality, Sheik gets a six, and he's the only member of the group to get a six. So Jada Kiss got a six and a half, Styles P got a six and a half. Now, while Styles P and Jada Kiss's voices aren't anything alike, both of their scores were in part due to their voices and delivery, even though they were different from each other. Now, again, I don't want to shit on Sheik here. He's still getting a six. So he's getting an above average score for originality here. So Sheik, a relatively original artist. But what happens with Sheik is that you start off with the same thing with each guy, right? You get this typical New York rapper image with the, the Timberlands and the, the New York fitteds and stuff like that, right? So they all start off with that kind of typical New York hood street image. 
And then Jada and Styles have the voice and the delivery that give them a bit of originality. Sheik didn't really have that. Sheik doesn't have this incredibly original voice or delivery or rhyme style. Sheik was much more direct and basic. Now, that was something that I loved about Sheik personally when I listened to the locks. This is why I thought Sheik was underrated. Because for me, just listening to Sheik say some of the crazy shit that he said, which was original, was like, yo, this fucking guy is nuts. And he entertained me, and I liked that he didn't try to be like the other members. He stayed in his lane. His lane was being fucking nuts. And that's what he did. His lane wasn't multi-syllabic rhymes or rhyme schemes. His, his lane was being fucking crazy. And I loved it. But again, that lane didn't technically carry him anywhere above average. Now, when you keep in mind how they all had this kind of typical street New York image, but the other two did things with their voice and their delivery that was original, that Sheik wasn't necessarily doing or didn't necessarily have or whatever, and you couple that with the fact that Sheik borrowed more from any other artist than any other Locks member did, and like I said, it was particularly Biggie. Sheik took a fair amount of stuff from Biggie, but it was definitely more names than that. So you couple those things together. I thought that those couple of things were enough to cause a notable separation enough where he lost just that half a point. So again, still an original artist. He did have some original things that he said, some original messages, some original song topics, and still a part one-third of that group that was a relatively original group that had their own sound and stuff like that. So I don't want to take any of that away from Sheik, but he can't be given the same score as the other guys when the other guys had some things that made them a little bit more original than him. So again, we're going to add those six numbers up as we have a classic album for Sheik. So you add the six numbers up and you divide by five, and it gives you a final rating of 4.66, which puts Sheik Luch in which puts Sheik Luch in 66th place of 189 artists done overall. So again, a couple of things to address here. First of all, I want to say this. Not a bad finish there for Sheik Luch, who finds himself just about in the top third of the study here. So again, pretty good stuff from all three LOX members here. Also, I would like to again admit that I was dead wrong. Now, I'm not trying to shit on Sheik here. Because I certainly love me some Sheik Luch. He's still one of my personal favorite members in the locks. But I take back saying that he's underrated. I will never say this again. And he is the worst locks member. Again, all three members here with a solid finish. So saying he's the worst of this group is not really a poor statement. Still a strong finish here. But comparatively to the other two members... Sheik definitely wasn't on the same skill level, and I was not aware that Sheik was going to have a finish like that where Styles clearly was the better lyricist. I was not aware of that, which is mind-boggling considering how often I listen to the locks. But nonetheless, huge shout-out to the locks and all three of its members, not only for having strong finishes here, but for staying together as a group and putting out this much solid material over this long of a time span, not only very, very impressive stuff to say the least, but I'm very appreciative. I've had 20-something years now 
of the lock supplying me with some really great music that I absolutely love. So shout out to the locks for sure. Now let's get into our list, starting with our top 10% overall. And we got an addition here today. So in our top spot, we have Eminem, who's in first place of 189 artists done overall. Behind him in second place is Jay-Z. Couple of slots back from Jay is Vinny Paz, who's in fourth. Directly behind Paz in fifth is AZ. Directly behind AZ is Big L, who's in sixth. Directly behind him in seventh is Nas. Directly behind Nas is Method Man, who's in eighth. Couple slots back from Meth is Black Thought of the Roots. Couple of slots back from Thought, we have a three-way tie with Tupac, Biggie, and Jadakiss all tied for 12th. Behind them, in a tie for 16th place, we have Pharaoh Monch and Jusselah of Jedi Mind Tricks. Behind them, we have KRS-One, who's in 19th. Directly behind KRS in 20th is Rock of Helter Skelter. Directly behind him is Proof, who's in 21st. And a couple of slots back from Proof is Jizzu, who's in 23rd place of 189 artists done overall. So again, we got a couple of things to address here. First and foremost, we obviously have an addition here today as Jadakiss slides into a tie for 12th place with Tupac and Biggie, so we finally reveal who they were in a three-way tie with. This also means, because our list stays at a top 17 today, that someone has to be slid out since Jada was put in. That, unfortunately, is Sean Price from Hell to Skelter, and this one is a little bothersome for me. It's not because I was a Sean Price fan, because I admittedly before, and I'll admit again, I completely slept on Sean P. I had one Hell to Skelter album growing up, thought nothing too much of it or either of its members, and never really got back into either of them after that. I had several people throw Sean Price's name at me, claiming he was one of the goats, and I was insane for not listening to them, and I have to admit, they had a case. Although I have to strongly disagree that Price is a possible goat, he was definitely a solid lyricist, an exceptional artist all around, and I personally enjoyed a lot of his material, so I am a bit sad to see Sean go, but rest in peace and huge shoutouts to Sean Price of Helter Skelter for holding down that spot for a bit and... Obviously, shout-outs to Jadakiss for solidifying a spot in here. Now, let's get into our top 10 lyrically so far. In our top spot, we again have Eminem with a lyrical score of 9.5. In a five-way tie for second place behind him, we have Pharaoh Monch, Black Thought of the Roots, Nas, AZ, and Vinny Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks, who all got lyrical scores of 8.5. Behind them, we have a tie for seventh place between Method Man and Jay-Z, who got lyrical scores of 8. In a four-way tie for ninth place behind them, we have Master Ace, Jizza, Common, and Big L, who all got lyrical scores of 7.5. And, and then in a five-way tie for our last spot, tied for 13th place, we have KRS-One, Lord Finesse, Sean Price of Helter Skelter, Slug, and now Jadakiss, who all got lyrical scores of 7. So, with that now five-way tie that Jadakiss causes for 13th place, that puts an end to our top 10% lyrically list at that spot now. So obviously, major stuff here, not only with Jadakiss sliding into our top lyricist, but him finally being the name that sent that 14-way tie for our last spot out of here. So pretty crazy stuff. Now, we don't know how often people will be sliding into this list, especially since it's been made shorter now. 
But if people continue to slide in, that's probably the last you'll hear those names on our top lyrical list as it will be changing to a top 5% halfway through season 3, The New Millennium. However, if no names get added to this list for a while, you probably will hear those names slide back in here. But just in case they are gone for good, let's mention that Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, Redman, Sticky Fingers of Onyx, Lazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony, Biggie, Tame One, Lil Wayne, Rock of Helter Skelter, Razkas, and Just a Law of Jedi Mind Tricks were all just slid out of our top 10% lyrically overall. So again, shout out to Jadakiss for making his way into the list, and shout out to all those guys that were just slid out, and obviously to the rest who are still holding strong on their spots. Now let's get into our particular decades list. So, let's start off with our top artists to make their debut in the 1980s. Your top 5 artists to come out in the 80s are KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rakim, Rev Run of Run DMC, and LL Cool J. As always, major shout out to the dogs that paved the way and outshined their peers during their heyday. Now let's move on to our 90s decade. Your top 5 artists to come out in the 90s are Eminem, Jay-Z, Vinnie Paz, AZ and Big L. So changes to our top 10% overall and our top 10% lyrical list, but no changes to our decades list and I'm not sure we're going to see too many of these going forward as we're rounding the late end of the 90s here and this list is just absolutely absurd. And still, to even think of some of the names like Tupac, Biggie, Nas, etc. that are all missing from that list, just really, really crazy stuff. So now let's move on to our regional lists. We'll start with our East Coast. Your top artist to come out of the East Coast thus far is Jay-Z from Brooklyn, New York. Behind him in second, we have Vinnie Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And in our third and final spot, we have Big L from Harlem, New York. Now moving across to the West Coast, your top artist to come out of the West Coast thus far is Tupac from Marin County, California. In second place behind him, we have Razkaz from Carson, California. And in our third and final spot, we have Ice Cube of NWA from Los Angeles, California. Moving down south, your top artist to come out of the south so far is Lil Wayne from New Orleans, Louisiana. Behind him in second, we have Andre 3000 of Outkast from Atlanta, Georgia. And in our third and final spot, we have Big Boy, also of Outkast and also from Atlanta, Georgia. Moving over to our Midwest, your top three artists to come out of the Midwest thus far are Eminem from Detroit, Michigan, Proof also from Detroit, Michigan, and Common from Chicago, Illinois. So same thing here when it comes to the regional list, and this isn't to single any regions out or anything, but that East Coast pool is so deep considering this all started in New York that if you're from that region, you're going to have a really tough time making it into that top three as those are some really seriously heavy hitters. Now, the point that I'm trying to make is that, and again, I'm not trying to shit on any regions, but if you want to finish in the top three of the South, you only have to beat Big Boy, who I believe is in like 40-something place. Now, again, 40-something place is a good finish, so that's not to shit on Big Boy. But you could finish 27th and still finish inside that top three of the South. To finish in that top three in, in the East Coast, you probably got to finish like in the top five overall. 
or you ain't even getting in there. So I just wanted to point out how ridiculously difficult it is to get into that top top three of the East Coast list there. But nonetheless, man, shout-outs to Jada, Styles, and Sheik. Really solid stuff across the board from the locks here today. And like I said, I have been a big fan of the locks since day one, and I'll continue to rock with them going forward for sure. So huge shout-out to the locks. If you'd like to see any or all of the lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. You'll see left out lists, schedules, artists coming up, etc., etc. Anything that you could possibly want to know is on that page in writing. So if you're interested in checking anything out, go give the page a like, follow along there. Best place to do so. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On the host website, you'll see a support button. And I know I say the same thing every week, but I want to point out here that I do have kids. This does take up a tremendous amount of my time. If by the end of this season, I'm not getting anything out of this, I am going to have to go ahead and put ads on my podcast. So I really hope that that doesn't happen, but I am just constantly throwing money in the garbage and... You know, I'm trying to work off the honest system. It's like, hey, you know, do me a favor. I'll do you a favor. Throw me a couple of bucks. You know, if everybody, and and you see this on Wikipedia and stuff like that. If everybody just donated a dollar, the site would be free forever. You know, if everybody just, you know, once a month sent me a dollar or whatever the hell it is. And I have X amount of listeners, right? That may add up to more than I may get from putting ads on my show. So I'm trying to avoid making you guys listen to ads. Um, not that it's that big of a deal, you know, it'll be me doing the ads and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, make it sound like a bad thing, but I would like to leave ads off the podcast, but I am at a point where I'm done throwing my money in the garbage. So again, I really appreciate if anybody could hit that button. I totally understand if you can't, if not, I'll be throwing ads on my podcast next season. So I apologize in advance for that, but that'll be all for episode 53. Next week, we'll be covering Wu-Tang Affiliates Killer Priest and Capadonna. And this is a super surprising episode in more ways than one, so you may want to check this one out. Tale of the Tapes. Peace. Tale of the Tapes. Might as well. Better off.